Hey there, hi there, ho there. I am JJ, and I'd like to welcome you back to another thrilling episode of Disney Compendium Volume 15, Lady and the Tramp. Like I said earlier, I'm your host, JJ, and back, back again to save me, my co-host, Nick. <laughs> I'm back and better than ever! Four minutes, not even four minutes in, and you're already throwing out a wrestling reference. This is... I'm, I'm super excited to talk about Peter Pan today. Um, Listen, I will let you talk about Peter Pan all you want, if that's how you want this episode to go. <laughs> like, he's basically Link, right? <laughs> yeah, see, this is the... So, obviously, Nick wasn't with me last week when I recorded two episodes of Peter Pan. One of them lost to the ether. <laughs> and, JJ is super chill about it, by the way. Yeah, I'm very happy. I, I, I'm probably going to watch Peter Pan again this week and talk about it ad nauseum. No, never. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't watch him break things off camera when I mentioned it, so that's cool. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, if you have any opinions of Peter Pan that you want to get off your chest out the gate here, I've, I gave them your ranking last time. Uh, so Peter Pan, um, uh, peanut butter. <laughs> okay, there we go. I, it's one thing I forgot to mention. Is uh, <laughs> I'm I'm indifferent about Tinkerbell okay. and Captain Hook's dope. <laughs> is a dope or is dope? Both? He is dope. Okay. <laughs> yes. Which Captain Hook? The Disney Captain Hook or the Robin Williams, uh, Dustin Hoffman? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I do like the quasi-suicidal Dustin Hoffman <laughs> Captain Hook. <laughs> um, but this hook's pretty good, too. Yeah. Okay, enough of Peter Pan for this week. Let's hey. get to the actual movie we're talking about, Lady and the Tramp, as I already said. Uh, released in June of 1955, which is only one month before Disneyland opens. So as you could assume, Walt's attention was very much not with this movie. <laughs> it's you want to do a dog movie? Great, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. And it's and, got dogs. Yeah, it's dogs. It's all about the dogs and dogs and cats and everyone. There's def absolutely cats. Boy, does it have some cats. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> uh, but not not until Aristocats get... came around would they have this many cats? Yes, but. Uh... You know, the cats that they have in here, they make count. <laughs> mm. <laughs> but uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. We'll get there. But uh, so um, this this movie is uh, just kind of exists, doesn't it? Like, <laughs> well, I think you, you said uh, via text to me like a few days ago that it doesn't really pick up till the third act yeah it's a movie that everything everything that happens happens in the third act <laughs> like 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 you know the first two acts are just sort of day in the life kind of nonsense like mm -hmm. nothing really going on and then like and then it's like we got okay now we got to actually have some conflict going on other than just like the the traditional comedy film love story of she hates him he he's you know this likable scamp <laughs> It, yeah. it, it's the it's the opposite to track video with Paul Abdul. <laughs> yes, it's one hundred percent. That's uh, <laughs> but um, uh, I'm a little sick today, so 
uh, I'm going to have you start with the, uh, uh, go through our plot rundown of Lady and the Tramp. So if you want to. Okay, so let's see. I was half awake when I watched it on New Year's Eve, so I'll give it the best. Uh, it's, te- it's technically a Christmas movie because it starts on Christmas. Starts on Christmas. It has a uh, so lady's a puppy. Um, oh God. <laughs> uh, so uh, she gets adopted by this family, um, and their attitude toward her changes once they figure out the uh, the wife or the mother is pregnant with a baby. It's like she's a little bit colder to her lady. Am I on the right track there? Yep, yep, yep. Okay. Um, and then we kind of get a little bit, bit of a glimpse of Tramp, like his adventures and his friends. And yeah, we also get some, dog. Yeah. <laughs> some really. Um, culturally inappropriate animals uh, first make an appearance here. Yeah. I, you know, despite being, because you got Jock, who's the Scottish Terrier, who's like, he's just, if like, if this were made a little, like, if this were like a DreamWorks movie, he would have a, a kilt and a tamarind on his head. And, yes. <laughs> and he would just like, he is absolutely just playing a Scotsman like not yes. even trying to be a dog. He's just a Scotsman. Like yes. <laughs> Jock is so inappropriately over the top Scottish that he makes Flintheart Glomgold blush. Yeah, I mean, it, groundskeeper Willie is groundskeeper like, Willie is really. Uh, <laughs> ah, <laughs> a lot of ah. He's like, yeah, it's like his his football should have haggis in it, like you know. <laughs> Uh, but, but yeah, they just boy, they are just all over. They just double down on that, and then uh, I like uh, Trusty the Bloodhound. It's yes. a good he's a fun, yeah. just just. But he, it is every Bloodhound that's ever been in a cartoon, like uh, with the, ex- the with the exception yes. of like, yeah, with the exception of like, you know, uh, oh, plague dogs or something like you know. <laughs> Uh, just they, it's they like can... a very traditional bloodhound with the droopy ears, and he, and but his the caveat is that he doesn't have his sense of smell. He mm-hmm. thinks he does, but he doesn't. Yes. So he's a bad bloodhound now, but he's retired, so you know doesn't. <laughs> it, it's this kind of started a trend. They they really started like sneaking bloodhound into a lot of stuff. Oh yeah, like, it's like you had 101 Dalmatians, you had the Aristocats, like a lot of blood. They they all got to sound like super. They go to sounds either super southern or super slow. Yeah, I mean, like you know, it's they're all droopy dog. Yeah, <laughs> me, 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 made. Yeah, they've all got to have. They all have to sound like they have something in their cheeks while talking, and yeah, you either have to have the southern drawl or a you know, I'm on quaaludes. <laughs> <laughs> clinically depressed dogs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, so so the first step of this movie is introducing you to what is the I, does the family have? I know it's like Jim Beer and Darling, but those aren't like names, like because in the Peter Pan movie, in the Peter Pan movie, they're the Darlings. So and and, and we only know her as Darling, the wife, and we know yeah, her. he's Jim Deer. Is that his Jim Deer? Oh, because maybe that's like, like... yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's from the perspective of Lady, where she just she she hears them refer to yeah. each other as that, and that's what she thinks they are. 
like it's a, like it's an untrustworthy narration kind of situation, like where you're just hearing mm-hmm. it from. She just hears the pet names for one another, so we don't have real names for one another. It's like, you know, uh, uh, you don't have uh, Tramp. Isn't Tramp like that's just his nickname? He doesn't really have a name until the very end of the movie. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, at least Lady has a name. Yeah. And yeah, trust you. But yeah, we and Bull has a name, so yeah, yeah. But like, uh, yeah. So it's it's Lady and the Tramps, and Tramp is just because you know, Tramp means something completely different now than it did in this time frame. Because Tramp was essentially just you know um, the uh, Charlie Chaplin character. Charlie Chaplin, yeah. Because Chaplin was you know was a tramp. That was his the lovable tramp kind of character. It was you know some vaguely homeless but not necessarily just sort of poor and sad kind of yeah. life kind of situation uh, but yeah. also you know, it, um oliver twist kind of thing like you know yes yeah. yes yeah. just to clarify if you've not seen the movie the dog does not have a whale tail um <laughs> yes yeah. no, there's no yes he's but uh but uh boy you know <laughs> once the um uh, once the uh, aunt comes to town to take care of the baby, I hate the aunt, JJ. The aunt I hate her so much. It's not like there's no subtlety to this character in the slightest. Yeah, like she is specifically there to cause havoc to the story, and does it out the gate when she brings her two cats, the Siamese cats. Yes. <laughs> Uh, who uh, wastes no time in getting Lady in trouble. Yeah, uh, getting, almost like getting, like, everywhere. Like, you feel like you're in trouble just watching it. Like, yeah. they are, like, and they have, a, they have a super catchy song that you cannot sing. <laughs> like, But everybody knows it. Everyone knows the song. It's They still put it, like, on soundtracks, like, when you get compilations. Like, this song gets picked out over any other song in the movie, which is which is absurd because there is that, like, he's a tramp sort of, like, a burlesque song that's later on in the movie. <laughs> and there's also the spaghetti scene song. and Yeah, and stuff like that. But no, no, the Siamese cat song is the one they, they really like to fall onto. And boy, it's just, let's sing it in the most Asian stereotype voice we can make these cats is you know you, you have the typical we always joke going back to uh professional wrestling references mm-hmm. uh anytime an asian superstar comes over to the wwe they always give them like it's gongs and pan flutes and, yeah. <laughs> and like, like yeah yeah, yeah. And that's exactly what the song is yeah <laughs> yeah it is it- like, and the, and the, the funny thing is, like Disney goes back to the Siamese cat thing later on. They definitely do yeah. with uh, Paul Winchell and uh, Aristocats. Fortune cookie always wrong is a direct one. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, the, the cats just start just destroying whenever they can get their paws on. And of course, it gets Lady in the trouble because it obviously couldn't be the cats. <laughs> yes, Aunt Sarah is a uh, 
Uh, an obtuse, uh, an obtuse shrew. Yes. Um, um, but, uh, then they go and then she, like, gets the muzzle for Lady. Yes. <laughs> like, uh, and, and then that's when Lady gets away. She's, yeah. you know, gets involved. That's where she meets Tramp and all this nonsense because she's fled and she gets caught up in the bad part of town. Like it's some sort of like West Side Story situation with pet gangs. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know why I always remember the part where the beaver chews her muzzle off. I don't know why I always remember that. Like... Because it's absolutely absurd and it makes no like fun. Like, it feels like there's a dozen different ways you could have had this scenario play out, but in an animator's mind, it was like, and then she finds herself at the zoo, and while she's at the zoo, of course, there's a beaver at the zoo, and the beaver chooses the muzzle off. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's what beavers do. Yeah. It's yeah. Um. Uh. And and so they're living uh footloose and collar free. That's 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 a real thing from the movie that I'm, I'm not just referencing a movie that we hate. Oh, I, I actually don't remember that line. I thought you were just like referencing that terrible movie. No, no, no. Like, like, why are you dragging that nonsense into this podcast? Yeah, but but you know, this whole thing plays out with leads up to what is the scene from this movie, the one that everyone turns to when they when you see Lady in the Tramp. The poster, the DVD cover, the Blu-ray cover, you know, whatever you get has the iconic scene of them having the Italian dinner together, um, you know, while the, while, the, while the chef is playing music for them and they're eating. Playing the accordion. Yeah. yeah. It is, again, again, um, not being subtle with their stereotypes. No. <laughs> The chef should be on a pizza box somewhere. Yeah, yeah he's got that. Hey, that, that <laughs> like, no, excuse me, at the post, what a pizza box. <laughs> what? The... Yeah, it really. It's like this and the Italian chef from The Simpsons are the exact same character. Yes. <laughs> I only mean you a scum like a compared to Crafty. <laughs> I think they even make that. I make a lady and tramp gag in there somewhere, don't they? Absolutely. I think more than once. Yeah. Oh, with but, uh, Santa's little helper and the yeah, uh, Santa's little helper. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, with the, when he yes the episode where he falls in love with the other race dog. Yeah. Uh, but um. But yeah, so you get so you have that whole thing, and, and of course, uh, uh, lady uh, finds out that he's had multiple girlfriends in the past, and that is enough for her to dump him like in after their 12 second relationship <laughs> yes what a straight dog is, has other has other girlfriends how um, dare he uh but eventually uh uh sarah because eventually lady finds herself with the um uh the pound and the aunt comes and claims her again and ties her up in the backyard <laughs> Which kind of feeds the purpose, I guess. Like, why? I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Yeah. But, but uh, then uh, we, we get that rat scene. And that is kind of a freaky scene. Like, the way, hate... it, 
the way it's painted, it makes it look like a horror movie. Like yes, yeah, with the with the lightning and all of the stuff going and like the lighting effects and the fight between the two is inc- like without showing anything like you get a sense of graphicness to it and i already hate rats as it is so that scene sticks out to me every time i watch that movie yeah yeah it, it was uh, very ricky ticky tavy that scene <laughs> <laughs> yes it absolutely was um but yeah this whole but uh Tramp uh, finds his way there and helps finish off the rat. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, obviously, as you were mentioning, so Tramp's the one that's there. And um, yeah, that doesn't go over well with uh, the aunt here. <laughs> who who uh, is blind to all evidence ever. ever. Um, <laughs> the dog catcher comes back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, boy. Take the uh, take the take the animal away. <laughs> and Jess says uh, she escapes. Jess says her owners show up, discover yep. the dead rat, dead rat, and realize that oh, that dog was saving our baby. <laughs> and now they and they they and as you would expect, they also adopt Tramp. Yes, but we also uh, skipped over the uh, oh the typical scene. Of every uh, animal that every movie that has a dog in it, at least one of them has to be put in mortal danger every time. Uh, oh, the wagon wheel pins trusty. Yeah, yes, it, it is. There is, it is like there's like two minutes of is trusty okay, and then it's like oh there he is, it's fine. <laughs> he's got a thing. cast on. Yeah, it's like oh no, he's fine. They, they didn't. They don't. They don't milk it for anything. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's a. Uh, but yeah, then you jump forward to Christmas where he's been adopted and now they have puppies and all that stuff. Um, and the, with one of them, it looks exactly like Tramp, which will come into play in several decades after this movie comes out. <laughs> but um, Jock's there with his... Uh, how how long has Jock's leg been... Uh, not Jock. Uh, Trusty's leg been broken? Because they have... They have a litter of puppies. Uh, it, and he's so what you're saying is trusty is Cowboy Bob Morton? Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Because, like I said, they they weren't a couple. I, I don't know what happened during that. During Obviously, there's clearly some time frame that we don't have when they were on their date. But I don't think, <laughs> still don't think that... Uh, much is uh, much happened during the, that much happened during the date, <laughs> but so, I guess they are dogs. <laughs> you know what's funny is this is another stupid wrestling thing, and I'm sorry, people, but I imagine like Trusty with his arm in a sling, like giving like R N N updates every week. <laughs> like I'm going to step back. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So he's yeah. So you have uh, a litter of puff. You have a, a Christmas Day. Because it's been a year, hasn't it? By this, because no, I mean no. So, ladies so, a year, ladies a year old. By the time, because the movie starts at Christmas and it ends at Christmas. Well, she's a so, pup when she's a pup when the movie starts. And so, so you would assume by the time you get to the baby, it's she's maybe been, fourteen months old. Yeah, a couple like yeah, it could be like another year has passed. So, so because. Uh, 
Yeah, so I don't know. I, I don't know, but I still don't understand how Trusty gets pinned under the wagon wheel, and then they have a litter of puppies, and he still have a, you know, his legs in a cast. Like, I, unless... I don't. I guess I don't know what the gestation cycle of dogs are, but I think it's... But, <laughs> I think I saw the trailer for that at, at, at the theater a few days ago. The gestation <laughs> yeah. dog. Yeah, it's from the makers of A Dog's Way Home and A Dog's Purpose, Gestation of Dog. <laughs> <laughs> An Isle of Dogs. <laughs> Wes Anderson movie. <laughs> yeah. Pin, pin, old trusty under a wagon wheel. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it is a 77-minute movie, but it feels like it's 45 minutes because it just kind of clops along. I, it, it doesn't... <laughs> well, yeah, but, but like you said, it's 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 like a three-part movie. Yeah, because it you is. With, like, Lady as the new puppy, then Lady... Lady with the baby, with the family not around, and then third act, which is just everything's gone to hell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, well, you said, like you said, like maybe Walt's attention was divided. Like, I, look, it, let's just get this thing done. It is a movie that was very much just you. You guys got this. I trust you. Kind of uh, situation. Um, so, and it's a story that, now I guess we can get the production stuff, since we pretty much covered the entire movie. I mean, there's not much else to talk about with this movie. But um, one of the Disney storymen by the name of Joe Grant, this is sort of his story, because it's sort of based on his dog. Like, the dog, like, you know, it was, um, um, he had a, a Springer Spaniel, and it's one of those things, like, they had a baby, and once they had a baby, the dog kind of just it's you know it's not the it's not it's not part of your uh you know it's just in your peripheral it's not your motivation of doing anything anyone's anyway. like it's just now it's just part of the family you can fend for yourself dog kind of situation yeah you know, the um, dog's not your priority anymore yeah you haven't prioritized the dog anymore um uh but so so you know he sketched it out and gave it to walt walt was like yeah i like this is about this is 1937 when this little plays out um, so this, so the, so the roots of this story goes back 1937. Um, uh, but Walt was never happy with anything that they ever turned in, <laughs> which Walt never was. It took forever to get Walt to sort of agree to anything, especially during this time frame in the 30s and 40s. It was, you know, pre World War II. You couldn't get Walt to agree to anything that wasn't absolutely perfect. Um, but he was more hands-on at this point too. Yeah, in, in this age, and 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 he and there wasn't any uh, like there wasn't much going on in the movie. Um, then, uh, um, Walt found a short story called "Happy Dan the Cynical Dog," uh, which is what this which ends up being based on in the end of the day. Um, so. Um, so his idea was, we'll take your story and we'll take this story. So your dog falls in love with the cynical dog kind of thing. So they sort of combine his story with this short story that was in Cosmopolitan magazine. Um, I just love that cynical dog. Yeah. Happy day. The, Happy day. Is, the cynical it dog. Is, it is the antithesis of what dogs are. Cynical. <laughs> it's, 
like that's a, that's a cat you're describing a cat <laughs> you're describing a cat yes <laughs> but, um, uh, and so the, also the um, the names would you like to hear the names of Tramp before they settled on Tramp sure bozo I, okay. that's okay alright rags that's fine that's basically the same thing as yeah. Tramp yeah, rags would have been fine and my personal favorite Homer Homer. Homer. Uh, Homer and the like, Lady and the Homer. <laughs> Chili McFreeze. Ice Dagger. <laughs> Boy, you were just doubling down on this. Uh, I made zero last week, so you're like, I have to make sure that the status quo, when the line chart comes out, it's like, okay, it evened it out, though. So. <laughs> and it's, it's like you and me and maybe a handful of people listening who will get like... Uh, I, we get it, dude. <laughs> yeah. um, but, uh, um, but going back to um, your reference earlier, um, the uh, the names actually are because of your the perspective of the dog situation. That's okay. why they're nonsensical names. I was saving that for later because you nailed it. You absolutely nailed it. it is, I did. It is, it is. It is a movie told from because, like in the script, they were Mister and Ms. Mrs. And so, um, that's why you also never see them. You, you kind of never see their faces. It's like a Muppets Babies situation where it's or Tom and Jerry. Tom and Jerry, and it's very much. Um, uh, Tom and Jerry. I mean, it was intentionally Tom and Jerry. In sense. Which, you know, I mean, Tom and Jerry cartoons are being put out around, around this time, too, mid, mid-50s, so. Yep. Mammy Two Shoes. That was uh, uh, Tom and Jerry's. So. <laughs> Thomas. Uh, let's just have a Tom and Jerry episode one time. Just Yeah, not, why not? Not even tell anyone. Just one week. It's no longer a Disney podcast. It's just us talking about Tom and Jerry. For... Just talk about Tom and Jerry. Like, yeah. you know, how... Jerry's kind of a jerk. Yeah, but he's been like, he knows when to not be a jerk, but it still doesn't matter. <laughs> he still gets his comeuppance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's nice that he sometimes gets his comeuppance. Yeah. It's yeah. not like Tweety Bird where he's just like getting away with it scot free. Sorry, people. I have issues. <laughs> I have unresolved issues with uh, <laughs> antagonistic uh, cartoon animals not getting theirs. <laughs> Cyan, like Cyan Am. <sighs> they don't really get theirs. They don't. They, they do. don't. I they mean, don't. at least Lucifer fell out of a window. Yeah, Lucifer's dead as hell. But <laughs> cat's dead. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, nothing, uh, nothing, uh, nothing. Cop- like they just kind of disappeared from the story. <laughs> so uh, unless dead. now, well, I guess I I don't want to jump too far ahead, but. You know, you're probably gonna mention the sequel, so I don't know. Were they in the sequel? I've never I seen it. Never saw the sequel. I am going to. Part of this is going to be me looking at the sequel and figuring out what the plot line of the sequel is because it's called Scamp's Adventure, and that's as much as I know. Welcome to part of podcast we call JJ Reads Wikipedia. Yeah, we're gonna figure something out for it. Um, uh, the uh, and the opening of the movie. Where the uh, where the husband gives the wife a dog is straight mm-hmm. out of reality because Walt Disney did the same thing with Lillian. Oh, you're right. 
Uh, it, I, like, I got that story. Took, got a chow puppy, put it in a hat box, and that was the, the Christmas present. And um, I wonder if that's how they sold Walt, Walt on it. That was actually <laughs> that was actually him apologizing too, because uh. he had missed a date. <laughs> oh, <laughs> which he was known to do, and he was very close to that dog. And the dog was very close to him. Like it was a gift for his wife, but he, you know, it, as a typical Walt fashion, it was a gift for him. Um, it's my dog now. Yeah, like a bowling ball named Homer. Yes, it's like that. So when you go to um, when you go to Disneyland, you know the um, uh, the petrified tree stump in Frontierland by the yes, um, that was that was a gift that Walt bought for Lillian. And then when <laughs> when she got it, she's like, "I don't want this." So she donates it to the theme park. Like, just put it in the theme park. <laughs> like, it was a gift for her, but clearly a gift for Walt. And now it just rests at Disneyland because like, like she never wanted it. She didn't care about it. It was it's hers now. And he and he knew. Yeah, and he, he knew. knew he, he knew he was gonna wind up with that damn tree stump, that petrified tree stump. <laughs> uh, if you don't want it, all right. Yeah, so, uh, so you have that. That they, uh, in terms of uh, creatively, this movie is in CinemaScope, which is the first time for a Disney movie, so it's widescreen. Um, oh. So this is the first CinemaScope. Uh, everything like uh, it was, but uh, widescreen was growing at this time, right. and so. The movie was early on enough in production where they could just make make it film it in CinemaScope. So, um, yeah, this is around the time like we're getting like Magnificent Seven and, and CinemaScope and stuff like that, right? Yep, yep, yep. So you know, uh, you don't, um, you know, you lose things in widescreen because you don't have to do close-ups the way you used to have to and things like that, especially in animation. Right. You can't really. You, you get a whole. Um, frame. So animators not really um, uh, comfortable with the situation at the time. It, there was layout artists in particular um, weren't thrilled because you have to you have to change everything because you're used to doing things kind of off frame. Right. Like, um, and I think one of the things um, uh, there was something. Uh, there was one, there was one particular situation. I think it might have been the the rat killing scene, where it's like you you have to remember to move your characters off frame, <laughs> and, and they have to travel further than they've had to before because it used to just be you know four by three, and it was. But right. now it's like, oh wait, that's right. There's actually several more inches that we have to remember. You know the characters have to move out of because it makes it just look like they're teleporting or something. If you still treat things like it's four by three, <laughs> that would have um, been awesome if just have them teleport. <laughs> uh, but so basically, like, uh, I'm gonna put my nerd glasses on here. Even not wear glasses, yeah. And you do, but we're both <laughs> nerds. Uh, yeah. Anyway, it, uh, equivalent would be, like, would be like a splash page, right? In a comic yeah. book, yeah, 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 exactly. Um, so, so they have to, um, they just have to remember that the characters are moving across as opposed to the background moving, like the right. Way. So you know, it, it, so it's it, it took you know 
I think obviously accomplished it, but it, you know, there's some obvious hiccups that go along with these things. So, but, but if yeah. nothing else, it kind of established a new technique for for animating. Well, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, animation has only had very few milestones. I mean, in terms of like, so you know, because like theatrical cartoons were color out the gate. Right. Um, so you know, there was no black and white theatrical cartoons ever. So, so existing in the in theaters in the first place was like the first milestone. You know, so you didn't have to go. It's like, and this is the first cartoon theatrical cartoon talking, and this is the first theatrical cartoon in Technicolor and stuff like that. Like, because all of that stuff was pre-established by the time theatrical cartoons became a thing with Snow White. Um, so you know, Cinema Cinemascope is really one of the first like big changes to right. um, animation, and you really don't get another change until um, like a big technological advancement for another uh, twenty. 30 years from now where they, where computer animation starts becoming a thing. Like you're going to start seeing computer animation pop up with um, like, uh, the rescuers down under and things like that, where they're going to start right. toying around with things. Um, doesn't, it takes much more, it takes much longer for them to make a feature length, anyone to make a feature length um, theatrical cartoon using only computers. But um, well, and, yeah. and there was some like, there was like some kind of, there was some animated, uh, sorry. Uh, some leaves and animation for like uh, Land Before Time as well, wasn't there? Yes, but yeah, uh, yeah. but uh, yeah. So you're gonna, so, so you know, this is one of the the rare milestones of animation. This is important. Like the movie itself, let's just get it out of the way. Not much to it. Um, right. It's it's fine. I don't hate it, but it, it's empty calories for the most part. I think it's charming as all hell. I like the character designs. I like the characters are all well, like all the, all the animal characters are very well established. Like they, the right. personalities, you pick it up instantly. You know, who's who they all feel fleshed out, even though you only see them for a short amount of time. Like lady and tramp are the only two that have any sort of like character development really. But, um, you, you know, what's interesting. The way you're describing the movie, like you're saying, I, I, I like it, I don't hate it, and you're talking about the characters. It's if you go back and it's kind of similar to the way you talked about Dumbo uh, all yeah. those weeks ago. Yeah, yeah it's. Yeah. I would agree with that. I would say that this is sort of on the level of Dumbo for me. Yeah, and I once can I see that. At, and once I look at the list, I'll I'll have to see like it's probably going to be around Dumbo on uh, my list. Um, Dumbo but, uh, for Dumbo with dogs. Yeah, and you know, speaking of Dumbo, they just uh, put out the more Dumbo teaser posters. Um, yeah, I saw those at the uh, when, I, when I went to see Aquaman this past weekend. Ah, that's, that's been fun. Speaking of animated animals with quirky personalities, you get the drum playing octopus. So, <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> to be to be fair, I got paid to see that movie, so well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, my my friend just went to this is now the Aquaman podcast. My friend just went, Aquaman. my friend went to go see Aquaman. Uh he got uh a gift card for Christmas and went to go see it. He walked out of it. <laughs> yeah, I love that like so so two people you know went to yeah. see the movie like I got a gift card and one of the ones like I'm on the clock. Yeah. Nobody <laughs> Yeah, nobody. Uh, yeah, the two people that I know that went to go see Aquaman didn't didn't have to pay a dime of their own. So, <laughs> so hey, 
you know what? But I don't like Dumbo's um, blue eyes. I don't know. Something's upsetting about his bright blue eyes. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he has blue eyes in the in the cartoon, but like they really it's like no, we're gonna focus on that. Yeah, like, but it's a cartoon. Like, it's vaguely it is it, it it's as much as an elephant as like a circus animal cookie is an elephant. You know, it's like yeah, okay, it's it's elephant shaped. You can tell it's an elephant, but it's this one. It's an elephant. It's wrinkly and gray and everything. It's like it's an elephant and it just has these human eyes (laughs) so is and we're kind of we're we're off track and i'm sorry but it's disney yeah we're on the track so like is colin farrell just doomed to be like depressing dad in every live action disney movie absolutely (laughs) like say mr banks he's like i have an alcoholic and this one's like i've got one arm yeah, no, I mean, hey, you know what? You're cashing the Disney check, so at the end of the day, I'll, you want me to be a depressing alcoholic, but I get to cash a Disney check? I'm here. <laughs> you want me to be Ulysses Claw and <laughs> Dumbo? <laughs> gonna, it, that's uh, Dumbo's uh, ears are vibranium. and Vibranium. <laughs> It's like he's like Falcon. It's actually uh... <laughs> wow. Yeah. Again, this is all technically still Disney people. Yeah, we're still like yeah. It's all so just a Disney multiverse is all this is we're talking about now. At uh, some point, we'll get to into the Spider Verse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look, if we're gonna talk about milestones of uh, cartoons, that's probably the most recent animation milestone we have because it's the first time somebody tried something significantly different with a, with a cartoon in almost 30 years <laughs> yeah it's like it's it's maybe the second time in the last oh 10 years like hey let's make spider-man uh but really good let's try that <laughs> but like you know it's the first time watching a cartoon sorry everyone we're just this is the show now we're talking about Spider-Man. But um, the Spider-Verse was the first time sitting down watching a cartoon in decades. I mean, I think it's fair to say at this point mm-hmm. where I felt like some, like where they were, they weren't being complacent. They were trying something different with an animation style. Like not since the original Toy Story, did you really feel like something was right. like actually like they're, they're not just resting on the history of cartoons the morals of it you know you have drawn you know yes it's it's and it's cg still but it, it's non-traditional and it has a kind of a it's very fluid but it also has a weird staccato movement to it right um, animated but um and and, and yeah. of course you're uh you're also a big spider-man fan yeah that doesn't help I, like I'm, I'm definitely not uh uh uh, you know, unbiased. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you're. You are admittedly. Uh, he's your favorite character, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, absolutely, my favorite comic book character. And like, I am less critical of like Spider Man three. Like, it's not to say I like Spider Man three. I'm just less critical of it as most people might do. So like, it's just it's just my personality. Type with like, I just like I just like Spider Man. Yeah, just let me have Spider Man. Um, uh, now I just I just want a really good, critically uh, acclaimed and, re- and well animated uh, World War Hulk movie. Now, 
Yeah, they never gonna get that thing. God, <laughs> you got your crushing one, my dreams, JJ. You got you got your Planet Hulk movie, and that is. I want. You, you got your Planet Hulk cartoon. That's not great, and you got your Gladiator Hulk and uh, Thor Ragnarok. That's the best you're gonna get, and you're gonna have to be happy with it. <laughs> so you're saying I'm never gonna get my future imperfect Hulk cartoon? I never said that. <laughs> That you might actually get, especially if Disney kind of needs, like, tries to revitalize that division because, like, they used to do those movies, and then they just yeah, uh, and those the movies Hulk weren't versus. They did the Hulk versus. They had the Hulk versus Deadpool and Hulk versus Wolverine, or no, it's Hulk versus Thor. Thor and Hulk versus Wolverine. Deadpool was just in the Wolverine. Hulk versus Wolverine's <laughs> legit, by the way. It yeah. is legit. Yeah, that that Thor one is not. <laughs> No, you just skip past that. Yeah, but they also had like an Iron Man one. They had a Doctor Strange yeah. one. They had two Ultimates ones. There was uh, like the 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 uh, like the anime Wolverine one. And there's like a whole anime line. Right. <laughs> it's just like anime X Men, anime. <laughs> but uh, so yeah. so so, so hey short, guys, Lady the Tramp is it's not, a movie. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we can get to like um, Spider Man. Yeah, we'll get to critically. Spider Man was a major success. Yeah. Um, which can, oh, now, no, wait, wait, wait! I was doing it. I was doing a uh, segue. You're here. doing a bit. You're doing a You're bit. Doing a bit. You're, you're All right. This is a yes and situation. You need to take improv courses. <laughs> so, yeah, Spider-Man was a critical success at the mm-hmm. game. Same cannot be said for Lady of the Tramp. See? See? Uh, you're putting your Leonard Malton vest on there. <laughs> yeah. um, no, critics did not like Lady of the Tramp. But I <laughs> you know, I, I could see why. I could see why. Um... But I mean, like I'm kind of with you. Where like I didn't, I didn't dislike the movie, but it's yeah. like it's kind of there. It, it, they, uh, the biggest complaint that this movie had, and it's a very interesting complaint, uh, mostly stems from the um, animation. Um, they they call it. They call, I mean, everyone was saying at the time it was like it was sort of subpar Disney animation and they were also saying that the cinemascope didn't help things at all like it made things even more glaringly um, mm-hmm. so, like obvious that this is below Disney standard that we're used to um, and that it's just sort of a saccharine story anyways like you know it's just this ooey gooey you know nothing nothing to it kind of story um but um, Variety liked it, so you know, not everyone. <laughs> not everyone. Well, you know, like, um, and I know it's a, I know it's like a different story, but like you, when I was watching the movie, do you remember uh, uh, Johnny Fedora and Alice Blue Bonnet? Yes. This is like the dog version of that kind of. I can see what you're coming at. Right yeah, now. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm looking at the time. Uh, quote for reviews for this and it's a good line and I think it sort of sums up the sort of general sentiment at the time um, it was uh, Disney has for so long parlayed gooey sentiment and stark horror into profitable cartoons that most moviegoers are apt to be more surprised 
uh, bleh, sorry, I went too fast in that one. Anyway, Starkler into profitable cartoons that most moviegoers are apt to be more surprised than disappointed to discover that this combination somehow doesn't work this time. And that's sort of like, it's everything that's a Disney movie that makes a Disney movie is here. Just right. for whatever reason, it doesn't come together in a in a in overall memorable movie. Um, you know, I'm not saying, it's, and I'm not even saying it's not, you know, non-memorable. I mean, obviously, it has one of the most iconic Disney scenes in the film here. Right. But um, and it has like the, everybody knows the cats. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, um, but but you know. Contemporary wise and stuff on Rotten Tomatoes, ninety three percent. I mean, like you know, you go, you know, they, they, you know, everything has a renaissance and Disney stuff. It, like you especially see it with especially some of the older Disney stuff, Fantasia in particular. Right. At the time, not particularly well received. You know, you go into the future, it becomes increasingly more rarely received. You look at it for, it, you know, something that you know was sort of just saccharine and generic in its time, sort of with the eyes of a different era, see it as something completely different. Um, right. I think Lady and the Tramp has sort of played into that a little bit more. Maybe more people could probably connect with it a little more because you have more and more people are, you know, it is about, you know, two, it's a Romeo and Juliet-ish kind of story. It is. It, and like it, you said, West Side yeah. Story. Yeah, West Side Story and stuff, where it's like, you know, culturally, these are two totally different people that have no business ever even knowing one another, um, falling in love, and it works out. And, you know, right. that's a, you know, there are people that can see that and sort of, like, long for that or connect with that or feel that, um, you know, especially now, the, as, you know, as time marches on and it's becoming increasingly more, you know, disparate cultures and stuff coming together, you right. know, it, so, like, you know, a movie that was just sort of, yeah, whatever, in 1955, by the time you hit 1980 and we're kids and everything, and it's, you know, you look at it from different, uh, with different eyes. And so, you know, it becomes a better movie throughout time. And Fantasia is the number one example of that with Disney, where it, through time has done that many wonders. It's a better movie probably now than it was in, you know, the 1930s. Um, and, well, you know, we, we, nothing's uh, changed. Nothing's changed about the movie. They haven't. They haven't added scenes to it or removed scenes to like. You know, there's not. It's not a director's cut or anything. It's the same movie. It's just a different era. You know, it, it could be. A, it could be a whole thing where you know the movie was criticized for being too saccharine, too sweet. But I think maybe depending on the era and time, people want that. Yeah. People might want yeah. just a sweet movie. A sweet saccharine movie. Like, you know, people right. are more people today are probably more excited to see a movie that's just like makes you feel warm inside. Yeah. You know, for various reasons that this show is not for. But, <laughs> but you know, sometimes you just like sometimes you want to see something representative of what's going on in the world, and sometimes yeah. you just want something that makes you forget. And yeah. you know, that, that's what that's a reason why Spider-Man is the new Spider-Man is so well received because it combines both. It's a very uplifting story, but it's also lightly touching on sort of societal issues at the time. Right. Not, it's, but it's not in your face. It just sort of no. uses it as sort of like, you know, it's kind of pokes at it a little bit. Yeah. You know, so. Um, 
but at the end of the day, it's a very uplifting, happy story, you know. It's, yeah. But like with all Disney movies, you know, obviously the new Spider-Man isn't a Disney movie, but all cartoons tend to follow the Disney pattern of making a movie where you have it's a happy story overall, but you know, there. But like at the time review said, you know, there's there's horror involved in all of these too. So and you need that horror. Yeah, the so, rat would yeah, be the horror. It, it, and in this one, the horror is the aunt, I guess. I mean, that's the horror. I mean, the rat, it just ha- is, yeah. is part of, if, of what's going on. If Lady were in the house still, the rat probably never would have made it to the house. It probably never right. even bothered going into the house because there's a dog there. Right. But, um, but it's all the ants. So, so the only real protagonist in the movie is the aunt, which is a character you never see. You know, you see her like in a couple of scenes, and she's a jerk every time you see her. But it's, again, you only see her two times. You know, it's it's the cats, the Siamese cats are the antagonists, and yeah, it's and it, it's they're more mischievous than I guess in anything. Yeah, they're not trying to they're not trying to kill Lady, even though that's almost what their um, uh, antics equate to in the end because they're not thinking ahead of you know she's gonna get kicked out of the house and gonna wind up at the pound and we're, we don't know what's gonna happen at the pound <laughs> so it's it just it just playing off the dynamic that cats and dogs don't like each other yeah yeah and dogs and cats living in harmony mass hysteria <laughs> but uh yeah I mean, but for the most part it it, it did uh it did great money wise which is good for the studio, you know, they needed that. Uh, it made uh, its lifetime total is $187 million. It's not bad at all. Bad. I mean, for a movie that cost $4 million, I think, to make, which is just kind of standard theatrical movie money in 1955. It's funny to think 1955 and $4 million in 1955 to make a cartoon. It seems absurd, doesn't it? Like, what? Was part of that budget because of the kinescope uh, or cinescope? Uh, but th- I mean, it's not too far moved from just what because I think Peter Pan and I'm going to look back at Peter Pan's um, budget because I, I think that's just sort of um, unfortunately I'm going back to Peter Pan. Peter Pan's budget was four million as well, so uh, it's just what movies, the cartoons cost. Uh, you know what? And I and I kind of I, I did some looking up because I was thinking about movies that came out in 1955. Yeah. And and I, I I'm thinking there might be a reason it wasn't as critically received as as uh, we thought we we would think. Because yeah. you think about like East of Eden came out that year. Yeah. Kind of a dark film. You have like a film like Bad Day at Black Rock came out oh. that year. Rebel without a cause was like Rebel, and these are all like kind of cynical stories with like little kind of darker tones. Yeah, and here comes yeah. this cute dog movie. And what was uh oh, and I and I did look it up, and the um uh the winner of uh the winner that year of like best picture was a movie called Marty. Oh, with Ernest Borgnine. With Ernest Borgnine, and then that's yeah, a great movie. Yeah, and that was that was. It, the, it, yeah, it was the big uh, uh, Academy Award winner that year. <laughs> but Marty, Marty itself, it's you know, it's it's kind of it's not so dissimilar from Lady and the Tramp, where it's a love story. Yeah, but it's also like kind of sad and has like a 
dark tone to it. Uh, you have Blackboard Jungle came out that year. Yeah, that movie. I was kind of, was kind of Blackboard Jungle was one of it. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. And, and again, you cannot overstate enough that Walt Disney really at this time wasn't really with the studio anymore. So, like, I mean, he still had final say in things, but, like, he effectively let, like, WED, what we know now is WED, right. uh, which is the sort of imagineering arm of Disneyland, where it's where they keep engineering and stuff is. It's Walt, because it's just his initials, Walter Elias Disney. Um, but it's it was, so it's like the engineering, it was what was des- designing Disneyland. And, like, Basically, he had just set up shop on the studio lot and signed away his name so they could keep putting it like it was a contract. Like he wasn't with the studio. He signed it so they could keep using his name on the movies. And he had like, you know, oversight of the movies. Right. Like they weren't going to be able to. He's not going to have his name go on something that he doesn't agree with. But Disneyland was his everything at this time. Like and from the, from here until, you know, he's only around for another decade at this point. A uh, little over a decade at this point. Um, so from here on out, Disneyland is his focus and will always be his focus. It's what he cares about the most. It's what he's going to care about. Like Disneyland and then eventually in the last few years of his life, the concept of Epcot, Disney World and stuff. Like, right. That's that's his focus. He's still working on movies, obviously. But like from here on out, every you and you can tell there is sort of like, with the exception of the next movie, um, and everything else is just sort of fine, but not right. great like some of the previous Disney stuff that we've had. Um, like you know, Lady and the Tramp is something that you know they've been working on for years, but you know when you're finally into the final production swing of everything, like the things that would come together because Walt was so meticulous about what you're doing and how you're doing things and everything sort of falls to the wayside because he's not really yeah. there for it anymore. He's not, he's, he's busy, you know, working with, you know, his, his Imagineers working on um, Disneyland. And so, you know, you suffer a little bit. You see it with Lady and the Tramp. You see it with um, a couple of other movies coming up. I don't think you see it as much because the so next week is Sleeping Beauty. Sleeping Beauty. Um, I think Sleeping Beauty is sort of Walt's sort of last hurrah. With yeah. Walt. Um, like, you know, it's the castle at Disneyland. Right. And stuff. Like, um, we'll get to that, obviously, when we get to Sleeping Beauty next uh, next week. But um, but it, it's, so, it's, it's sort of the last one where you really feel the Walt hand in it. And still, it's not his their best but you know people it's memorable it's memorable and people sort of tend to link because it, it familiarity wise it feels like snow white cinderella sleeping beauty are sort of like part of a trilogy almost like they're all the, very the princess similar. movies yeah, yeah like yeah so like you know, so. And, and so you're kind of talking about like walt spending a lot of time like he's that's he was staying in that little room that's off up, upstairs on main street right when you first walk when, in when when disneyland is being built like he, he's either it's either there like that that was that wasn't like it was not one of the first things built but like when he when disney after disneyland's opened 
you'll find him there. Right. Um, you know, during construction and stuff, like when this movie came out, it was still under construction and stuff. Like he was still there every day, overseeing everything. Like stuff was going on that could never happen in today's modern construction game. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you go there and like, there's no, it's like there's there's hardly any ramps or handrails or anything accessibility wise. It's all designed to be, you know, thematic. <laughs> For, for Aste- aesthetically area. pleasing yeah. yeah it wants it to look aesthetically pleasing but also maintaining the theming so like you know turn of the century main street you know world of the future you know and things like ramps and handrails and high vis paint and things kind of defeat that and they don't they get away with not including some of that stuff and not having to go back and stuff because it kind of grandfathered in that way. Right. So that's why when you go to Main Street and stuff, some of the stuff that they do do, they do it just because it's the right thing to do, but they don't have to. Um, but they still don't. It's still not Disneyland in particular because Disney World was open was you know seventies and stuff and stuff was starting to become more. There was more yeah. codes involved at the time. I mean, back then it's not as many codes, so it's not exactly well, handicap. Candy cap access, but new stuff that they work on, they obviously have to. I, I will tell you though, like you know, in, in all fairness, um, you know, I have two children with autism, and when you go to uh, town hall on Main Street, and you explain the situation, like, hey, they have sensory issues, they have behavior issues, they will, they will totally fast pass you. Oh yeah, I, I, I explained my. Um, if you go back and listen to the Peter Pan story uh, that I have for. Um, uh, last episode where it's like yeah, my, my mom has like she gets when we go to Disneyland I go with her she gets the medical stuff too for Parkinson's stuff right um, so yeah so yeah they, they, they are very they, they are very willing to work with you it's just that it's not designed with that right. in mind so they have to work with you in sort of roundabout ways sometimes um, because like some of these especially the ones of the earliest rides the queues are are not designed, especially Fantasyland. Those queues are not designed for anything more than standing in line. Um, that's why Peter Pan is like a ninety minute wait every time there. <laughs> yeah, it. it I, I hadn't even thought about that till you mentioned it. Like, yeah, you don't really see ramps, and you don't see like kind yeah. of certain certain accommodations you might be used to at like uh, say a, a, a Six Flags or whatever. The whole thing is handrails. Like a lot of older stuff that's there, like there's no handrails going up and down certain like older structures, stairs and stuff. Like it's it's weird in some instances, but it's also you know 1955. When you uh, when you t- if you tear something down and have to rebuild it, i.e. like Fantasyland, where it got rebuilt in the 80s, you start mm-hmm. seeing you start seeing a lot more like you know ex- accessibility options going. Right. Although you know, show buildings are all exactly the same, so. You know, you're just building around the show buildings, so you can't really do too much structurally that way. But, you know, you know, you go to like Indiana Jones, and it's, it's mostly all ramps. You know, there's there's, there's never there's no stairs. Right. <laughs> but you think about like pirates is kind of like, yeah, you're just going to be kind of in, in line there. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, like you know, it's a one way situation. If you have and and part of that involves, um, you know, like. It's like you know, looping in cues and stuff. It's like, yeah, you you, you hit 
to stand in line. If you want to do the handicap accessible stuff, you have to go to the exit. <laughs> I, I have I'm kind of even further off track. Um, I have a, I have a goal one day. I'm going to eat at the really expensive restaurant inside of Pirates. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Blue Bayou. Have you eaten there? I have eaten at the Blue Bayou restaurant. Was it worth it? <laughs> I mean, it's super cool. You can't you can't defeat a good ambiance. Um, the reason why it wasn't great for me is because I'm not the biggest seafood guy, and that was sort of what was the menu of the time there. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the menu is now, but like you know, everything's themed. So um, at the time, it was like a lot of heavy, like you know, fish. And, calamari related things so yeah it wasn't great for me but still i mean it, it's it's worth doing once <laughs> like, I, well that kind of i, I, I kind of mixes that playing because i have a seafood allergy <laughs> uh, like I, said, I don't know what the menu is these days because that was 15 years ago so like here are your chicken fingers sir <laughs> and to be fair it's honestly not that much more expensive than a typical sit-down restaurant at disneyland well it, to sit down restaurants at Disneyland tend to all be very expensive for what you get, unless it's like breakfast. Like even if you were to go to the Hungry Bear, like a burger is like almost twenty bucks. You know, it, <laughs> like, it's yeah, it's it's it's. You know what? You're not wrong. <laughs> by the way, this podcast is brought to you by Little Red Wagon uh, Corn Dogs. <laughs> yes, uh, I told I, I told I told Nick that uh, I am. Uh, my plan is to go to Disneyland in May for uh, my birthday and that he better show up. <laughs> I, I better see him there. We better do better film. We better each have a hot, a corn dog in hand recording an episode. Yes. <laughs> I'll have to see what I'm going to have to look and see what episode is airing in May around my birthday to see what episode it would be. Cause it's going to be something dumb. I just know it. It's gonna be good. It's gonna... Oh God. So that's what, Four months away, and we're averaging what four episodes? Oh man, I don't know. It's probably gonna be it's probably gonna be like Oliver and Company. Yeah, just perfect. Yeah, something just. Yes. Remember those ornaments? Brought to you by Corn Dogs. Yeah, as we're, yeah, as we're sitting there with the Wetzel's pretzels and <laughs> <laughs> just have wind screams on Corn Dogs and are talking to, into them. <laughs> Interview people pretending like our cor- our, our corn dog. <laughs> nah. uh, this is gonna happen now. We're gonna make this happen. But um, so speaking of Disneyland, speaking of dogs, speaking of Disneyland and dogs, there is no Disneyland attraction for Lady of the Tramp. Nope. I don't think there's anything for Lady of the Tramp at Disneyland. Like, I, no. I, I would assume that the Italian guy has a restaurant. That I can't think of off the top of my head. It just has spaghetti. Yeah, but I can't really like. There's no like costume characters wandering around. Of them. I feel like we feel like it'd be hard to do like, you know, animals that that actually walk like animals. Yeah, because there's no Bambi. Yeah. There's no Bambi. There's no. Uh, yeah. But there uh, is. Yeah. But, but there is a Pluto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I. That's a fair point, I guess. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, there, Pluto's awesome. Yeah, uh, the, the the character that like the 
person in the Pluto costume seems to have the most fun. Yes. Gets to be a dog, so there's a little less, like, there's a little more chaos that he can be, right. do as the character. It's like being goofy. Like, it's not like being goofy where you're like, you have to learn to walk exactly like goofy and, you know, <laughs> like all that stuff. It's like, you're a dog. Pretend and, to and, pretend to and it helps. And you don't even have to even pretend to not talk. Like, they always have to find an excuse to not talk. Right. Um, but, like, with this. Pluto's not expected to talk, so it's just sit down. People want like service animals get to, want to take their picture with Pluto and stuff. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, Pluto's already a nonverbal character, so that probably makes it easier. Yeah, and and it's Unlike, a lot of just sort of sitting around or something. <laughs> yeah. Unlike Mary Poppins and Bert, who wouldn't even stop and like sign my son's autograph book. <laughs> what the hell, Bert? <laughs> Listen, they have a lot going on right now. They have a new movie out in theaters. There's a lot on their plate. You gotta just let them be. You know, like, give them their space. They are celebrities. <laughs> Sign the book, Bert. <laughs> uh, there is, as we mentioned earlier, a sequel to Lady of the Tramp. Lady of the uh, Tramp 2, Scamp's Adventure. So this is the part of the show where I am going to Wikipedia and seeing what God's name Lady in the Tramp 2 Scamp's Adventure could possibly be about. Uh, when did I this come like... out? This came out in February of 2001. Okay. Uh, Direct uh, to video, correct? Correct. So it's just 46 years later, they decide to release Lady in the Tramp 2. It's <laughs> he's, 40... he's still in the cast. Yeah. It's, 19... still... it's 1911. So... Okay. Before Fourth of July, I don't understand how it could be night. Based on when I was looking at stuff, the last movie takes place in 1910, right? At Christmas, 1910, but then we get we end on Christmas. So, so is, it like a, is it an in in between call, or what? Is- because if it's yeah, I, I'm not gonna. I already don't understand the timeline at the end of the last one, so. Uh, uh, just it takes place to 1910 before the Fourth of July. It says two years and a few months after the events of the first film. But the Wikipedia page said, "You know what? It's just, <laughs> I don't care. I don't care." It's okay, uh, it's all right. Yeah, we're Stamp- here for you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it okay? So it's just it seems like it's just the same movie. <laughs> Two years later. uh, Scamp is being a scamp. Mm, mm, Scamping. Yeah. He wants to he wants to not be uh, wants to be a free dog. It just looks like yeah, it just looks like it's like a dumb homeward bound. Like it's just like he gets away, now he's free and now uh oh. (laughs) Things happen like yeah, this just seems like it this could have been on TV at any given. It's Snoopy come home. Yeah, I mean uh, the film received mixed reviews. Rotten Tomatoes has it at forty-five percent. <laughs> I mean, you, you think about it, it's a sequel to a movie that wasn't critically well received to begin with. Yeah, like like let's make a sequel to Atlantis. <laughs> um, I would love to see what the hell that would be. <laughs> <laughs> just that, yeah, just, just a Nyquil fever dream. I, although I'm saying that, and just wait and see, there's going to be a sequel to Atlantis that we both completely forgot about. Lassiter's like, you know what? Word. It's going to happen. 
like think about all of these like sequels that we talked about in previous it's like we're gonna make a sequel and then it, like Lasseter comes in and says no you're not making that sequel right but you get lady in the tramp 2 scamps adventure right <laughs> like, what? what okay whatever and, and yet we have three cars movies <laughs> and spinoffs so and spinoffs but um, there is going to be a live-action Lady and the Tramp for Disney+. Plus, Which is launching later this year, correct? Yes. Uh, actually, the f- it began shooting in Atlanta and Savannah, Georgia uh, in September. All right. Oh, man. Sam Elliott is going to be trusty. <laughs> I, I could totally see that. <laughs> I am... I am all in on Sam Elliott being trusty. He's now already the Tramp was most assuredly lazy, the most <laughs> the laziest dog in all Los Angeles. Justin Thoreau is Tramp. I can see that. Uh, Tessa Thompson and Benedict Wong. So Tessa Thompson's going to be Lady. Uh, Tessa Thompson, as we we know, as Valkyrie. Valkyrie um, from uh, Thor. And agent some letter in the upcoming yeah. black and and Mrs. Creed yes and Mrs. Mrs. Creed uh, in October of 2018 it was announced that Artur Castro has been cast in the live action role as Marco and that Joe Janelle Monet has been cast in the voice of Peg all right yeah I'm that sounds like that could be good I mean I guess yeah. I you know. You know, it's 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 kind of a shame that Disney Plus is going to be launching as we're winding down the animated films version of this podcast. Like, if this had been out like a year ago, we'd be like, you know what? Just yeah, go watch it. Just go watch yeah. it. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I still think Lady and the Tramp's worth, worth oh, yeah. a check. Uh, I, I think it's, it's, obviously, it's obviously one of their weaker ones, but, you know. Um, I mean... It's one of the few movies we've we've uh, talked about that I haven't had to go through nefarious means to watch. Yeah. I actually own it on Blu-ray, so. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at the director of um, the upcoming uh, Lady and the Tramp live-action movie. Uh, you know what? I trust him. Uh, he was character layout artist and posing artist for Tiny Teens Adventures, How I Spent My Summer Vacation. <laughs> I do like that. I do like Tiny Toons, how I spent my summer vacation. Yeah. Uh, he was the director of the Lego Ninjago movie. Um, okay. He was, he worked, he worked extensively on the um, Tiny Toons. He was a layout artist for Red and Stimpy, a layout artist for Batman, the animated series. Okay, so, you, okay. You, yeah. Tiny Toons and Batman, you, I'm yeah. sold. I'm in. Uh, he was the prop designer for The Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, and he was character and layout artist for an episode of Animaniacs. <laughs> Just an episode. <laughs> He's like, you know what we need? Oh, Sonic Chili Dogs. He is 100% just like the guy behind like a lot of those late 90s, early 2000s Cartoon Network. Like he worked on, like he was involved in some way, shape, or form. Like and Ed, Ed, Eddie, or. Yeah, uh, Powerpuff Girls, Cow and Chicken, I Am Weasel, Dexter's Laboratory, Samurai Jack, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends, SpongeBob SquarePants. Uh, that was Nickelodeon, not 
Cartoon Network. But you get it. Yeah, uh, yeah. And he was the executive producer, director, and voice actor for the uh, pretty great Tron Uprising cartoon. So. Which I've never seen. Yeah. So he's got a Disney connection with the Tron thing. So, um, so yeah, he's coming up <laughs> with a... Yeah, he, he's got... You know, he's got he's got the receipts. Yeah. I don't even think video game wise nothing. No. I, nothing I can think of. Yeah. And if even, you can't think of anything, it doesn't exist. I, it's been since they were brand new that I've played the Kingdom Hearts games. So if they're involved in Kingdom Hearts, it's absolutely not saved in my brain meat in the slightest. So, right. Um so, I, I do own a pizza merchandise for the movie. Oh yeah. Uh, I got two. I got a plush uh, tramp and lady uh, for my wife for Valentine's Day a few years ago, lady. and they're both they're both holding a heart in their mouth that has "doggone sweet" embroidered on it. Mm. Yes. So, so hey, you know what? That there's plenty of merchandise for this because it's easy to sell plush dogs to people. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's like yeah, yeah, but you know it's not the marketing powerhouse like Alice in Wonderland was a few weeks ago or Peter Pan even, but um, there's plenty to be had, and like I said, it has probably I would put it in the top five iconic Disney animated scenes with this with the dinner scene. Like, I feel like there should be like I feel like they should have partnered with Franco American for spaghetti, you know. Yeah, Peter Pan yeah. has peanut, Peter Pan peanut butter and Franco canned pasta for yeah. Donald Duck orange. Donald, Donald Duck, Duck orange juice. Uh, yeah, Peter uh, Pan Mickey Mouse goldfish crackers. <laughs> goldfish crackers. Peter Pan peanut butter and uh, Lady and the Tramp spaghetti. There you go. Yeah. Are you ready to rank it, Nick? Let's rank this movie. Uh, Nick? I feel like we need a soundbite here. Rank them. Eventually, eventually, I'm yeah. gonna start. I've got more comments. Can we get the NWO voiceover guy do it? Uh, I, I was, I was leaning towards finding the NBA Jam guy, but either, either one's fine, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> or the, or the guy that does, or have some sort of really elaborate soul caliber. Though <laughs> fates are intertwined through swords <laughs> and magic, the <laughs> ranking of these video games is a story, or movies are story. Totally told. Can't but, escape from dancing fate. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh, Nick, is it better or worse than Dumbo? Um, it is worse than Dumbo. Fantasia. It's worse than Fantasia. Cinderella. It's worse than Cinderella. Ichabod, Mister Toad. It is worse than Ichabod, Mister Toad. Peter Pan. Boy, you know what? I think I like it more than Peter Pan. So I'm going to go with that. You're going to put this above Peter Pan, Lady and the Tramp, above Peter Pan. So that puts it at your one, two, three, four, fifth, number five on your list. Let's see. For me, worse than Fantasia. Worse than Cinderella. Worse than Snow White. Worse than Peter Pan. 
Do I like it more than Pinocchio? Yes, I like it more than Pinocchio. <laughs> so you're at number five as well, sounds like. It is also my number five, which wow. surprises me when looking at it. I expected it to be a little lower than that, but I like I do like it more than Pinocchio and Alice in Wonderland. Again, to reiterate, folks, JJ and I's list are going to skew wildly coming up soon. (laughs) uh, Let's just uh, let's just look ahead here. So, as we said earlier, um, coming up is going to be next week. Will be uh, Sleeping Beauty, Mm -hmm. which is a a major Disney classic, right? Um, Yep, major one. Um, so I just we'll just go ahead and look at the next five movies, and so we can get sure. an idea of what we're looking at. So next week is Sleeping Beauty, uh, right. 19, 1959. Mm-hmm. Um, then 101 Dalmatians, 1961. Right. Uh, Sword in the Stone, 1963. Right. The Jungle Book, 1967, and that's where mm-hmm. I'm going to end off because that will be that will round out the Walt Disney era. Um, he will have died before Jungle Book came out, but um, it's the last one that he had any part of. I um, can tell you two of those movies are very, very high on my list. <laughs> uh, I will absolutely say of those one, two, those four that I just uh, rattled off, one of them is very, very high. One of them is pretty high. And the other two are going to sort of, I don't know, until we get there. Uh I'm wondering if uh, I, I'm going to guess the one I'm thinking of that I like a lot, you don't think of as fondly. We'll see. We shall yeah. see. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about, right? I'm pretty sure I know what you're talking about. Yeah. But um, we shall see. It'll yeah. be interesting. So that's yeah, going we'll, to. So, we'll fight. Uh, here. so yeah, 19, yeah. So 1967 will wrap up sort of a Walt era of Disney. Right. Um, after that, you're going to start getting into post Walt, which uh, has varying degrees of success. Um, <coughs> Recycled animation. Sorry, what? <laughs> um, and so, and, and in some cases, even though they have recycled animation, still pretty fun movies. Yes. Um, I think we know which one we're talking about in particular when we say that. Um, uh, which is which is where we are going to really <laughs> uh, split. I, I don't think we're going to split as hard as we suspect, but there probably will be a split. Yes. But, um, it's, it's not until we get to Tarzan, folks, that JJ and I will actually like have a flat out <laughs> screaming, cursing match. And it has you... nothing. It has nothing to do with the actual cartoon itself. So. <laughs> yes. For your audio pleasure, JJ and I will cur- curse at each other. Yeah, it will be a split. There will be a premium episode that will be uncensored. <laughs> Please be excited. <laughs> Please clap. Please it's, clap. But until we get to then, I want to thank you all again for joining us. It's great to have you back, Nick. Glad uh, to be back, man. The schedule's probably going to change up a little bit. We're recording these differently now. Uh, schedules have gotten all kinds of screwed up. So it's probably going to be a Thursday show from here on out. It used to be Tuesday, Wednesday, depending on how successful my editing was. But uh, probably going to move into Thursdays or Fridays, depending on how things shake out. But yeah. uh, still still weekly. I'm going to have one out every week until we're done. And maybe even more so, uh, based on some uh, plans hmm. that we have. 
Hmm. Stroking my chin for your audio <laughs> pleasure again. Yeah. Right into the microphone. Right yeah. into there you go. Okay, get right up in the beard area. <laughs> but until then, thank you once again, Nick. Thank you. Thank you. And have a magical day. Bye.